Hello to the bitches whom are miserable. That's you. My name is Cody. My name's Emily. And we're back with another episode of Mizzy, 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 Manor, 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 Pod, 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 Podcast. And make sure you leave your manners at the door. We are back with another episode. It's um, episode 11. Yep. That is, if you hold up your hands and you hold up a one and a one, you put them together, that's an 11. Yeah. And we're on to episode 11. So. Don't you have business? I do. Okay, well, I do want to. Okay, so. Sadie, 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 sadie. The last episode with uh, Shanna Share, which everybody seemed to really like i just wanted to give an update so i was doing some research on amanda which was like the girlfriend um that they were all kind of intrigued about right kind of Mm -hmm. like the middle person she actually just got arrested on january 27 2022 for theft of mail matters robbery and theft of mail matters what her charge was so, so she was stealing mail? Mail. But she also, this is not her first time. She's been arrested like three other times for robbery and theft. And I also found the link where they interview um, Lori Tackett, Hope Rippey, and Amanda Heverin on the Dr. Phil show. And it's actually really good. Are you going to link it? I can link it, yeah. It's actually really good. I feel like a bunch of people will not like Amanda after the interview because she kind of like went through this whole thing and no one really was like, oh, you're a bad person too. But like her interview, you're like, fuck you too, bitch. Because she basically was like, well, yeah, she had to die. But like, you know, the community hated me after that and blamed me. I almost was murdered myself too because they stripped my basketball uh, scholarship away from me. Like, that, bitch, that made her almost like, murdered? Because it took something from her. Like she, oh. she made, she was, um, shit was taken from her as well. I'm like, dude, don't compare yourself to a 12 year old child that was brutally murdered. Yeah, that's but anyway, just wanted to give that update. Also, um, we did mention sodomy in the last episode, <laughs> and I do want to apologize for my ignorance. I did not know what sodomy means, but I've now <laughs> looked up the definition, and going forward, I will do a better job um, at knowing what these things mean. But at the end of the day, this is not a soddy potty. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not supposed to know those gruesome words. But um, also, thanks guys for voting on which story for me to do this week. Um, y'all wrote in and said that y'all wanted to listen to the case, like the Watcher Stalker story. So that's what I have for us today. Do you have anything else to say? I thought you said you had more stuff to talk about. No, that was it. Didn't you have some instruction for me for this episode? Yes. I told Emily in the beginning of this, anytime, there's a lot of letters that are going to be read during this, and I don't want her to interrupt me. So anytime you see me transform into this character to read these letters, <laughs> don't interrupt me because um, it just takes away from the the dramatization <laughs> of this. I think I actually know this case now. Well, shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are you ready? 
I mean, I guess I'm just supposed to say here quietly. No, you can comment, but listen, just know when I'm about to read the letter, shush. Okay, so we are going to get into this case. Um, it's called Boulevard 657. It's also called The Watcher of New Jersey, Westfield, New Jersey. So um, I'm just going to get into this, okay? And this is okay. like not, just to preface, this is not about murder. It's not anything that I've done in the past. We're taking it more to the creepy, eerie, spooky side of things for this episode. Okay. 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 All right. So in the summer of 2014, John and Andrea Woods were busy packing up their belongings into moving boxes after living at 657 Boulevard for the past 23 years. The time had come for the couple to move on and explore what is out there for them. This gorgeous home is in the suburb of Westfield, New Jersey, and they're striking six-bedroom, six-bedroom, four-bathroom Dutch colonial-style home was the perfect size and space to raise a growing family. The neighborhood that is that this home sat in was an area of very low crime rate and had a very tight-niched community. For the most part, everyone knew everyone and looked after one another. The Woods family hoped that after they sold their home to whoever the new owners were, they would be able to settle in quickly and enjoy the home that they had loved and adored for over two decades. In the days before they moved out, John and Andrea Woods received a letter in the mail. <laughs> after reading the letter, Andrea showed it to her husband, John, and John disregarded the eerie letter, crumbled it up, and just threw it in the trash. The letter had been signed by someone claiming to be the Watcher. Oh, I didn't know if I could ask a question. Was the letter in an envelope? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was in an envelope. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to get into... So that was the, the family who had owned it for two years prior. The family that we're actually going to be talking about, this is where I introduced them, okay? Okay. So Derek brought us, stepped through the front door of 657 Boulevard and fell in love with the home. His wife, Maria, actually grew up in this suburb and a couple could not think of a better place to be able to raise their three young children. Although they had taken out a huge mortgage on the nearly $1.5 million house, the Broadduses couldn't be more thrilled to live in their dream home. Again, their kids are very young. They needed the space. Mm -hmm. um, so they were ecstatic about this house. And it's beautiful, and I'm going to post photos of it. It is gorgeous. Um, so let me paint a picture of what this house looks like. This home was built in 1905. So obviously the house needed some major renovations. The couple decided to stay in their current residence and complete all of the re uh, renovations on the house prior to moving in. So this house took up quite a lot of space standing at 4,000 square feet. It's a multi-story home that stood at the end of a long curved driveway. This house had large white columns in the front and a beautiful porch complete with large bay windows. It had intricate wood and stonework um, and it was all over the estate of the house. It was surrounded by a manicured lawn, lush trees, and a well-maintained garden on both sides of the house. The Broaddus' children aged 10, 8, and 5 were often seen playing in the yard while Maria and John were planning the renovations inside of the home. So, pretty normal family, right? Yeah. Sound like they got it going on. So... Three days after the house settlement in June 2014, Derek spent the afternoon and evening alone doing some paint work on the interior of the home. He had contractors to do mm -hmm. it, but sometimes he would just dive in and like, you know, get, get right. busy on the house himself. He just wanted to be able to move in as quickly as possible. 
So just before 10 p.m., Derek finished up painting and decided to check the mail before heading back home. He pulled out a handful of envelopes, which were mainly bills and advertisement pamphlets. However, one of the envelopes was a handwritten card, and it was addressed to the new owner. Mm -hmm. It was written with thick black pen and included no return address. Derek ripped open the letter, and after reading the letter on his porch, Derek ran back inside and locked the door immediately. He was terrified. Oh. Yep. He turned all off all the lights in the house Mm-mm. so that it appeared unoccupied to the outside world. Grabbing his phone, he dialed the number to the Westfield Police Department. An office officer was dispatched to 657 Boulevard and read the letter that Derek presented to him. Once he finished reading the letter, the officer looked horrified and asked Derek, what the fuck is this? <gasps> he said the F word. Yeah. So the letter read, <clears throat> Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you from its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approached its 110th birthday, I have been in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the home in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it, as it used to be. Bad move. You do not want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. I asked the woods to bring me young blood and it looks like they listened. The woods being the other family. Okay. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I've counted. Are there any more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I have requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them directly to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that pass 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. <laughs> Signed, The Watcher. That was a really long letter. I know, and it's actually longer than that. Uh-uh. I just took out pieces like that. I want to hear the whole thing. It's it's literally pages and pages long. So, and I'll, I can post the, the links to the actual ones. Okay. So, another weird fact, this letter was postmarked three days prior to the Broadduses actually closing on the home. So it's almost as if this fam- whoever wrote this knew that they were going to be the, the family owners before they even moved in. Okay? Because they address them by name, right? Right. Okay. Maybe it's a realtor. <laughs> right. We're going to get into like what people think it might be. And also, this house, when it went on the market, it was not published. It was like very, like, they had, like, 
sought out this family to buy it. So oh. it never really hit the market. It was like a really quick turnaround. So nobody hmm. even knew. You're not really supposed to do that here in Texas uh, when I worked for the Yeah, exactly. Realtor guy. So since they had been um, referenced in the letter, Derek emailed the previous owners of the home, John and Andrea Woods. Because he's like, look, we need, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Right? So they told Derek of the letter they had received in the mail just days before vacating the property, but they insisted that it was not stressful and they didn't seem like it was a threat at all, so they just threw it away. However, mm-hmm. both couples went to the Westfield Police Department to report the letters. Okay, you say it's not stressful and you threw it away, but yet you still went to the police? It was the, bro- the broadest, it was like, you need to come with me. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you meant prior. They no, 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 they like actually went together. That's cute. Yeah. So assigned to this case was Detective Leonard Lugo, and he advised the Broadduses to keep quiet about the letters, especially oh. to those who live in the neighborhood. He believed after reading the evidence that the watcher lived really close by. So he wasn't saying like, not, he, was just, he wasn't saying like, shut up. He was like, keep it between yourself. So it's more oh. likely that this person keeps making themselves known. Oh, right. I see. Like when they like withhold information and right. then they're like, oh, well, that wasn't really so the public and then that's right. how they catch it. Okay. No, because he fully believed after reading the letters that this person knew so much about this home that the, he had to have lived in the neighborhood somewhere. Right? So Because he knew, like he was like, listen, if it goes on national news or in the media, this person might shelter back, you know? Yeah. So he was like, let's just pretend like nobody knows so we can catch this person. So, a few days after receiving the letter, the Broadduses were invited to attend a barbecue to welcome them to their new home and meet some of the neighborhood families. Okay. So, according to the New York Magazine, Derek and Maria were on high alert during the outing. Like, they were keeping an eye on everybody. They kept their children very close to them, and they were, like, literally had a watchful eye on every single person there, um, just trying to get some clues on who could be writing the letter, right? Do you think that's why they went? Did they voice that? Okay. No, I don't know. I think that they wanted to feel, they were already scared of this home. They wanted to feel like, okay, okay, maybe if we meet the neighbors, we might feel more comfortable. Because at this point, they don't even know if they want to like move into this house or freaked out. I just keep thinking about the guy, the the husband that read the letter and then he turned off all the lights, called the police officer and still waited in the house. That's scary. Right. I would have turned on every single light. (laughs) I would have turned on every single light and I would have left. Right. I know. I wouldn't have even... I mean, if you said it's pages long, no. I know. So, after they had been at the barbecue for a while, they actually felt really comfortable. And one of the neighbors asked the Broadduses if they could come in and see the house. Okay. And they were like, sure. So, then Derek's anxiety went through the roof. Because right when they walked in... Or right when they were leaving, I'm sorry... The guests that they invited in the house said, you know, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood, which is the exact verbiage that the watcher in the letter used, the young and blood. And also, like, creepy. Like, right. who the fuck says that? Right. So he was like, uh-uh. So he's on high alert at this point. So the renovations continued at 657 Boulevard. And, by the way, it seems like these renovations are going on forever. It was like hundred $100,000 worth of renovations. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take them a while. So two weeks after they received the unnerving letter, the Broadduses had yet to move into the house because they wanted to make sure, like I said, the house was finished before they moved in. Maria had swung by the house one evening to check the mail, and she noticed a familiar-looking envelope. Scared, nervous, and afraid, instead of opening, she just took it directly to the West, Westfield Police Department, and at the police station, they opened the letter together. That's and it smart. read... Here's another letter. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. 
The workers have been busy and I've been watching you unload your car fulls of your personal belongings over and over again. The dumpster is a nice touch to have. Have you found out what is in the walls yet? In time they will. Oh, I am pleased to know your names now in the name of your young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there all alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is hard. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never be able to hear your children scream. Will they sleep in the attic or they all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? Well, I'll know as soon as I move, as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and I've been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day in front of 657 Boulevard. It's my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard and now it has brought you to me. The house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what it used to be in time when it roamed the hallways. The hmm. 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran room to room imagining life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. <laughs> then it got old and so did my father but he kept watching till the day he died. Now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. 657 is turning on me. It's coming after me and I don't understand why. What spell did your family cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be there watching. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm just like, uh, is he the house? Because, oh like, the way he That's talks. what I wrote down. I'm like, well, okay, I'm so glad you brought... Yeah, because he sounds like he is the house. And then he sounds like he wants the children. But then, like, if he wants the children to be there, why are you saying, I'll listen to them scream? Uh, you Like, making all these threats, you know? It's well, like, I guess maybe he just wants to, like, torture them. But then it's like... But if you want them to be like there, the you're scaring does the shit out of them. You would think you'd be like... Hey, Broadus family, come on over. We're so excited to have you here. We'll have barbecue on Friday. That might get them to come, but no, you're scaring the shit out of them. Of course they're not going to bring their family there. Oh, yeah, I get what you're you saying. You know? So it's like you're 
your letters are scaring the shit out of them, yet you're crying in this because you want them back. Well, buddy, you ain't doing a good job of convincing them to come into this house. Okay, so two things. There's that movie I keep telling you to watch, Aftermath, and that kind of, like, reminds me of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't yeah. seen it. But um, if you have seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But um, the other thing is, like, when you were reading that, I'm thinking, okay, it's like when you go to, like, River Oaks and, like, other places you know, downtown, Mm -hmm. like people will buy two lots, tear down an old house and then build a new one. Yes. So I'm like, is that what happened? But you said the house was built in 1906. Well, we're going to get to that. That's going to come up in a second. You're always ahead of me, which is great. So, um, actually throughout this letter, the watcher addressed the broadest children's by name. So he knew the names because remember the first one he was like I need to know their names well in this letter he called them by their and names and that's really creepy because like I was thinking okay he addressed them by their last name but you could just look through someone's mailbox right. and find that out but yeah so now he knows his name and I also want to mention he even mentioned their nicknames throughout it as well that's creepy so the Westfield police thought this was obviously very suspicious and decided to go to the home and conduct surveillance while Derek and Maria continued the renovations on the home um, stressed and anxious due to the pointed letters, they stopped allowing their children to visit the home anymore during the renovation stage. Okay. So at this point, they were having second thoughts even on whether they should move into the house at all. Maria was like, absolutely not. I don't want to do this. We're putting our children in harm. Like this, no, this is not good. So the neighbor at 633 Boulevard came forward once uh, the word had carried out through the community that and said that they had received a letter in the mail too from the watcher. But she wasn't concerned and she trashed it because she didn't think it was a threat. That's just a nosy rosy. So then Derek and Maria were questioned about any enemies that they might have had and none came up. Because they thought maybe someone was like trying to like torture them and yeah. go live hell. Yeah. So then another neighbor in the community at 675 Boulevard was Michael Langford. Michael had lived in this home since the 1960s, um, which coincides with the claim in the watcher's first letter that their father had watched the home since then. So Michael now shared the home with his mother, who is in her 90s, um, and several of his siblings who were in their 60s. They all still lived there? Yeah. Well, so Michael's father had passed away when he was 12. um, And... um, Okay, so Michael was the first person that popped in the minds of them because he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. Um, he would also be caught peering into the windows of people's home in the neighborhood, oh um, sitting on their porch, um, just looking through the windows at night, um, playing in their backyard, sitting in their chairs, gazing into their home. So he had a reputation in the neighborhood of being just very odd, right? What would you do? Freak the fuck out. Um, so immediately he was taken into custody, but denied being the watcher, obviously. And the detective actually did not see him as a threat or a person of interest after the questioning. Um, and then family members of Michael chimed in. It was like, no, he's a harmless character. Yeah, he's schizophrenic, but like, he's yeah. first of all, incapable of even writing letters like that. Um, cause he had some, you know, mental yeah. issues as well. Um, so with that, there was no further evidence that could link Michael to this case. So the watcher's letters and envelopes were sent for further investigation and forensic testing. No fingerprints were found, but a DNA sample was extracted from the adhesive used to seal the envelope. The DNA determined that whoever had sealed the envelope was female. Michael Langford's... It's the 90-year-old mom. Michael's sister's 
Michael Langford's sister, Abby, was a real estate agent, <gasps> and police thought that she could be a person of interest after she had just missed out on the property's listing to another realtor. Like, maybe she was pissed, right? So, they secretly went to her work, retrieved a water bottle, and extracted DNA, and it was not a match. Okay. Well, I'm still confused how they arrested her brother because... No, they didn't arrest him. They just took him in a... Like, they just brought That's... him in for questioning. He could have left. Oh, brought him in for questioning. Yeah, and he okay. agreed to go. Okay. Yeah. So, on the hunt for other females that could have been uh, the one to do this, they contacted the former house owner, Angela Woods, and asked her to provide a DNA sample. It was not a match. The second letter also made mention of their daughter painting on an easel on the porch. Because he would often see their daughter's painting and he would like, oh, I saw that your daughter painted this painting the other day. Like he could mark out each of the paintings that the daughters were doing. Okay, so he has to be close. close. Right. Do these people not have a ring doorbell? They have surveillance too. No one's coming up on the surveillance cameras. So... The, pros, the close proximity of the Langford's home to 657 Boulevard was one of the views that the easel could be seen from. Okay. So with police permission, the Broadduses sent a letter to the Langford's home. It advised them that they had planned on demolishing their house at 657 Boulevard, hoping that it would spark an outrage response. So it was a joke, right? They were saying like, oh, we're just going to knock down 657 Boulevard. If Michael and his family were the ones... And they were that passionate, it would spark an outrage, right? It was a joke? It was a joke. No, they wanted it to be a joke. Like, hey, let's see if they are outraged about this and if they act and start sending letters. The Broadduses. No, listen. The family next door, right? They (laughs) thought it was Michael Langford. So the police sent a letter to them saying, we are just going to demolish 657 Boulevard, hoping that it would spark an outrage response from that family. But they never received a reply. Because they okay. were thinking if whoever was writing this in that family is obviously very passionate about this. And if they get a letter saying, oh, we're just going to demolish it, that they would be more likely to come forward and be like, no, don't, you know, it's us. haha, <laughs> joke. But they never got it. Oh, a- so the police weren't joking. Okay. No, the police were joking to get a response from them. Oh, well, I don't think that's like a joke. I think they were just like testing them. Okay, testing joke. What's the difference? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, it didn't fucking work. So, with no rest and no people of interest at this point, Derek received help from for- forensic ling- lingui- wait. Ling- ling- linguist? The people that read handwriting. Linguist. Linguist. Oh, <laughs> linguini. The person that reads handwriting, and his name was Robert Linehan. Robert carried out a thread assessment on the letters, and he said based on the vocabulary and the two spaces after each full stop, he concluded that the writer was likely in their 50s or 60s and an avid reader based on the um, the um, verbiage that they would but use. they were handwritten. Mm-hmm. And some were typed out. Okay, because I'm like, the, do you know why, like, things, when they're typed, they say to, like, double, do the double space? Mm-hmm. It's because when you typed on typewriters. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I think I knew that. Just, you know, a little piece yeah. of information that I have. The private investigator that Derek sought out staked out the neighborhood, although they determined that the Langfords were strange. They were not people of interest anymore. That, however, was not a good enough answer for Derek. In fact, he was certain that it was the Langfords and that they were responsible for the letters. He went throughout the neighborhood to see which houses had views of his house and who could be able to hear his children, um, who could be able to hear his children being called. So... He set up multiple webcams throughout his property and on the street. And according to the New York Magazine, 
One day, a house painter on the property was working when he mm. noticed something strange. He looked out of the rear windows while he was painting, and the neighbors behind 657 Boulevard had placed their deck chairs and their lawn chairs right on the property line of the two properties. And instead of facing their own home, the couple was sitting in the chairs facing directly <gasps> towards 657 and staring in. Okay, no. The couple sat on these chairs watching all day as the workers continued to work. Upon investigating the backyard neighbors, it was discovered that their daughter had married a man that lived in 657 previously, but that promising lead went nowhere. All former house owners and housemaids were also ruled out one by one after investigation and interrogation. So at this point, they're like, who could it be? Like, they're ruling out every single person at this point. And it ended up being just like this old couple that was just, you know, watching and... I mean, like... I guess my thing is, like, if they're on the property line, there must not be fences. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it was, like, one of those huge, like, maybe, like, the backyard going into, like, a lake area, you know? How sometimes or like it's a, just, like, Oh, kind of like Lane's house is like that in right. Virginia. Okay. <sighs> so, one night, just shy of midnight, police controlling the neighborhood observed... Um, controlling or patrolling? I guess patrolling. Did I say controlling? <laughs> yeah. uh, patrolling. The neighborhood observed... Um, that someone stopped right outside 657 Boulevard and the driver seemed motionless for quite some time. Before driving away, the car was traced to a woman who lived in a nearby subdivision. A woman. So they were like, a woman. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. But when questioned, she claimed that her boyfriend was driving her car, but he did live very close to 657 Boulevard. However, at the time, he was living elsewhere. Okay. So with these compelling details, the police investigators thought they were onto something. Like, they were super excited. They reached out to the boyfriend and asked him to come in for an interview, and he agreed to do so. Like, he had no hesitations whatsoever, but he didn't show up. <gasps> so a second interview was scheduled. He didn't show up to that one either. But without concrete evidence tying him to the letters, the investigators' hands were tied. They couldn't do anything about it. The man had no legal obligation to assist the police with this investigation. so they He just, was not watching his plan. So they just dropped it. So the Broadduses had a very difficult situation on their hands. They were, the, their beautifully and newly renovated home that was made to their likings was now complete. However, the family was still too afraid to move in. Um, Derek spent many nights in the attic with the lights on looking out of the windows with a pair of binoculars, but the watcher never made an appearance. The family moved in with Maria's parents and their new house just sat empty. In February 2015, six months after purchasing the property, the family decided to put 657 Boulevard back on the market. They were done. They didn't want to move in. They're done. So they were asking for $1.5 million with the brand new renovations, the skyrocketing real estate market, and the location in one of New Jersey's premier neighborhoods. It should have been a quick sell. Wait. So uh, they've only gotten two letters and they're they're still spooked just from the mm -hmm. two letters. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so this should have been a quick sell. However, the watcher had become the talk of many people and made media outlets and news headlines. So there was zero interested buyers. None. Really? I would be interested. You would think like some like crime hunters would like it, right? So in June 2015, the Broadduses filed a lawsuit against the previous owners of 657 Boulevard, John and Andrea Woods. And according to the newspaper, The Morning Call, they never would have brought the property bought the property if they had known that there was a person who had mentally disturbed had a mentally disturbed fixation on the house 
The Broadduses were suing the Woods family for fraud and concealment. They believed that the Woods family should have disclosed that they received a letter from the watcher prior to selling the property to them. They wanted the Woods to refund their price of the house, and the lawyer of the Broadduses family claimed that the family is unable to live in the home because of the extreme anxiety and fear for the safety and well-being of their family and children. The Woods maintained that the letter they received from the watcher was not threatening or harmful. The Woods family countersued the Broadduses, saying that they had been defamed by the lawsuit, which again was gaining major media attention. While waiting for the civil suit to be heard, the Broadduses family decided to just rent out 657 Boulevard to tenants. And uh, these tenants were fully aware of the bizarre happenings of the home, and they actually had a rental agreement that featured a claw allowing the tenants to vacate the house should another letter um, from the watcher arrive. A claw? Yeah. A clause. Okay, Miss Grammar. Well, a claw is like... (laughs) I'm about to fucking claw you. I can tell we're going to edit the shit out of this. So, with no children and two very large dogs to protect them in the property, the new tenants felt confident enough to just sign the lease. So, February 2017, a few weeks after they moved in, a letter actually appeared in their mailbox. Just keep in mind, it has been two years since the last letter from the watcher had been received. This time, the envelope was addressed, Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. And the letter inside just asked, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard misses you, brought his family. And that was it. So the letter was immediately confiscated by the Westfield Police Department, who initially kept its uh, context confidential. Forensic testing failed to uncover any DNA or fingerprints on the letter or the envelope. The tenants agreed to stay at the resident, despite the threats to the now occupants of the home. Derek immediately installed more security cameras around the house. In another desperate attempt to get rid of the property, they decided they wanted to tear down the house and split the property into lots, but the people began protesting this, claiming that the two smaller lots would be out of character for this community who was used to having very large homes. The planning board for Westfield rejected the offer in March of 2017. After measuring the lots, the argument was that the two lots divided would be two and a half feet too small for the mandated lot size. So there was no knocking this home down. So to add to their bad luck, the Broadduses' civil case against the Woods family was thrown out in October of 2017. It was determined that the case could set an unreasonable precedent for what sellers would need to disclose to potential buyers. The Broadduses put 657 Boulevard back on the market at a lower price of $1.1 million, knocking off $400,000. The mysterious uncertainty of the watcher left the community fearful and very anxious. Police assured the public that they had conducted a thorough investigation, but they were no, long, they were no closer to solving this case. A journalist from a local newspaper speculated that the Broadduses themselves could be the ones responsible for the letters. He said that the family might have gotten in over their heads with the mortgage payments and were looking for a way to get out of their financial troubles. Um, just to mention, the house that they owned before this one was literally about $300,000 in half the size. So they jumped from that house to this $1.5 million. That's why this news or, um, journalist is saying that, that they got in, in over their heads 
and they realized, hey, we can't make the mortgage payments on this, and was trying to like scheme something to get out of it. How? And then they were also just had another hundred thousand dollars to renovate it. Right. Which I'm like, <laughs> right. Three hundred thousand dollar house to one point. So another theory is that the Broadduses orchestrated the entire series of events in order to get a payout from a television mm-hmm. or a movie deal. The Broadduses <laughs> angrily denied any of these allegations. With these allegations, Maria just went ahead and took a DNA test to prove her innocence, as well as Derek. Um, And then Derek actually went on the Today Show and just said how depressed he was and how he's like a depressed wreck. So they kind of ruled that out. Like, they looked miserable. So finally, June 1st, 2019, Derek and Maria sold 657 Boulevard to another couple for just over $900,000. This is less than what they thought bought the home for and did not even cover the significant amount of money they put into renovations on the home. Maria said that she was not going to put her kids in harm's way and that she would take the offer just to get the house off their plate. The family decided to stay in Westfield and purchase a smaller home in an undisclosed area. However, another letter showed up to the house right before they were leaving. And the letter said, You wonder who the watcher is. Turn around, you idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who, who you claim has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know, but you are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked past the news truck when they took over my neighborhood and demarked me. I watched you watch from your dark house and attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. The letter went on to discuss um, how um, the Broaddus family might have their demise come to them. The watcher stated, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never goes away and makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of your pet or your loved one suddenly just die planes and cars and bicycle crashes all the bones break the letter continued but ended with you are the you are despised by the house and the watcher watch out so this was actually the last letter that had been reported by the watcher and to this day the family that lives in this house has not come forth or has not um they haven't said yes or no about any letters that they've received Mm -hmm. they're just not talking about it um and just to close on this um, this was like really recently, obviously like 2017. So Netflix just bought the rights to this story in 2018. Um, and Henry and Ariel Showman from um, Paranormal Three and Four are set to direct this. I hope they make it really creepy. I know. Like, but that there's an actual person behind it, and it's not the fucking house because that would be dumb. I know. I honestly, it's so weird. Like. The surveillance didn't pick anybody up. It just ends up in the... There's no return address. There's no DNA on the letters. There is. There was female DNA. Well, fe- on the adhesive, but, like, fingerprints. There's none, no fingerprints on the envelope. Like, that's so- Well, mail is handled so much anyway. Yeah. Like, but I feel like... I... My... What I feel like is most likely is that it's someone just fucking with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, yeah. I just like I don't think the whole thing is true. Like I wandered the halls and I in the sixty. Like I don't think any of that is true. I yeah. think it's someone that was bored, and like there are weird people. Yeah, people and it could have been weird. like a prank, just like 
taken too far, you know? But the, I don't know, because like the last one is threatening, you know, they they didn't have any threats in the first or second one. It was just more creepy and like, I guess it wasn't like, like, um, it wasn't like, uh, what is the word? Like direct threats, but it right. was scary oh, when, you sure. know, you'd say like your kids' names or yeah. something like that. That is, you know, in threatening this, in its own way, but. Yeah. And this is still an open case. Obviously they're not like too focused on it, but it yeah. is still an open case. I mean, thankfully no one got hurt. No one no. got accused of it. But, but I'm like, what if it was like one of the contractors? Why didn't they interview any of them? Oh no. I mean, well, maybe so they did. In, the letter, they, in one of the letters, the watcher like talks about like how the contractors look um how they act in the house and stuff so it's like really fucking creepy so that's why i'm like maybe it was one of them could be but also yeah maybe i don't know there's so many what ifs about this but yeah that's what there's the watcher that you wanted to hear about and the only other thing is that maybe the aftermath yeah i mean i love i love stories like this like when a stranger calls and all that kind of stuff like it's but there was an actual guy that did it there's an actual person making the phone calls that, like, they yeah. catch. No, 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 I know, but I just like that, like, that eerie sense of, like, who's watching. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, don't necessarily like that, but, yeah. Well, no. I don't want it to happen to me by any means, but... Well, there you have it! The Watcher of 657 Boulevard. Till next time. Bye. Bye.